welcome to the Team Training Hacks podcast. I'm Mike Mulvihill, and today I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Michael Abrams. Hi, Mike. Hello, hello. Hi. You made it sound like I'm only going to be here once, and today I'm joined with... <laughs> yeah, my, my permanent co-host, not a guest host today, my permanent co-host, Michael Abrams. Yo. Yo. So, uh... Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do lots of talking later. I'm going to start. <laughs> should we introduce ourselves or should I introduce you and you introduce me? What the? No, you introduce yourself. Okay. All right. So we'll I think take all it. this should absolutely stay in the first podcast. That, yeah. Okay. Um, so welcome to the Team Training Hacks podcast. Number one. My name is Mike Mulvihill and uh, I am the, what am I? Oh God! You know I should give this stuff. This stuff CEO stuff. and janitor. What are our titles? I was I was filling out my uh, I was doing my uh, doing an email and I didn't even know what my title is. Co-executive in charge. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Team Training Hacks podcast. My name is Mike Mulvihill and I am the co-founder of Team Training Hacks along with. My co-host for the day, Mike Abrams. Yeah. Today and every day. <laughs> Today and every day. That's what the contract You give it says. a shot, Mike. You give it a shot. <laughs> no, I like it. I, I'm going to introduce myself now, and then my um, co-host for today will introduce himself. <clears throat> so, Michael Abrams, I've been in um, working in court. I did. That's my first um, Mike. Just I'm noting it. I'm mentally deleting <laughs> it. It's staying. Let's in do it. Let's do it like a tally sheet of our of our ums. I like it. Let's do it. Everyone's tuned out already. So I've been in leadership development and organizational development for well over twenty years, working in in corporations, large corporations, whether it's uh, multiple interest industries, financial, manufacturing, electronics distribution, healthcare, yada yada yada, a lot of different industries. Um, roles around all of it's around developing people, the annual processes that develop people, how to um, develop people who are in their roles and you want them to stay in their roles, people who are going to be high potentials, all of that. The part that I'm bringing here is taking all of that corporate experience and knowledge and converting it into, so what does a small business do? What does the solopreneur or so, so, uh, or small business do when they're interacting with their employees or vendors or contractors, because I've worked in that space too in a small consulting firm. So that's what I'm going to bring to this. And Mike, what are you going to bring to this? So I come at this from a background as a team building facilitator and the owner of a team building company called Possibility Teams. And uh, Possibility Teams has been around since 2008. Before Possibility Teams, I worked for a different team building company for many years. And I have worked, like uh, Mike, I've worked with many different types of organizations from many different industries, from electronics to manufacturing, to aerospace, to financial services, to hospital staffs, you, you name it. I've worked with, with many groups of many different sizes. I've worked with large organizations as well as small family-owned businesses as well. And so I think I provide a really interesting perspective as a team building facilitator, part of what we do is we will provide experiences that are hopefully engaging and fun, but really tap into a team's, tap into some team dynamics that uh, then the uh, activities that we provide, we will uh, then use 
that as a launching point for a little discussion afterwards. We always do a debrief to do a deeper dive into how well they did and what they can improve on as a team, as team members, as leaders, et cetera. And so I often lead those discussions, but I get the privilege of being a fly on the wall and listening to the discussion that happens within teams. And uh, I have learned a lot and I think I've, I've gained some, some, valuable insights into the way that teams work together. Excellent. Thanks, Mike. One of the things that Mike and I have done together, we co-wrote with Mary Scannell a book, a little book, a little thing we like to call the big book of virtual team building games, which has been doing extremely well in this year of COVID. Really, the sales have uh, uh, jumped up exponentially. And then Mike has also authored, um, how many other books did you do with Mary? Two? A couple of others. One called The uh, the Big Book of, of Team Training Games. I think that's what we call it. And the other, or I'm sorry, The Big Book of Team Coaching Games. <laughs> and then the other one is The Big Book of... The Big, big, the big Book of, of Brainstorming Games. Oh, God. There the Big go. Book of Brainstorming Games. and uh, But all of them have the focus of how to get the best out of team members and how to uh, get the best out of yourself. In, in, uh, Great. Out. All right. So our pitching is done now, right? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> if you want to learn more about, about Mike, please visit him at, at uh, teamtrainingtax.com. Team okay, so. Tax.com. Um, having worked with leaders for so many years, there's been a top five, top 10 list that I've had over the years that I've just paid attention to. What are the top five to 10 things that leaders most frequently would come to me with frustrations about, or their employees would come to me with frustrations about? And those could be things like, um, uh, like one of them is uh, our topic for today, which is feedback. Um, the other items on that list, these are going to be other podcasts that we're going to follow up with because these are things that just frequently come up. It's just a standard either concern for a leader or a thing that employees say, yeah, my leader really isn't great at this. So today we're going to talk about feedback. Feedback, why feedback? Why is it important? How do you do it? Why isn't it being done? What's the impact of not doing it right? And I'll tell you, out of the top five, this is this is probably a uh, this is probably number three, as far as either employees feeling like I don't I don't ever get feedback on um, on on anything, or leaders feeling like I really don't like giving feedback and I don't want to. So, Mike, let's start with what kind of feedback do you think leaders typically give? Well, I think in most situations, let's start out with this: giving feedback is hard unless you've unless you have a lot of practice in it or you have uh, uh, gained a few, a few tips and tricks to help you do that. It can be hard. Um, you typically see leaders giving feedback along the lines of, you know, praise, Hey, great job, you know, and they'll catch you in the act uh, uh, and, and they'll maybe affirm, affirm you in whatever you're working on at the moment. Um, along the same lines, uh, leaders will often just give an acknowledgement of uh of, hey, you know, I, I, I see the good work. I see the hard work you're putting into this. And they leave it at that. But that's not yeah. necessarily the type of, of uh, feedback that employees need. Um, right. Yeah. So the leaders most, you nailed it. Leaders most often tell me, uh, or employees tell me, I, I get that kind of stuff. But what I really need is, 
And so we're going to go over a couple of the things that they typically say. So employee feedback that employees really do need, or if you're uh, in the small business space, if you don't have employees, your, your, um, your vendors need it, your contractors need it. They all need that as part of building that great relationship because it builds trust. All of this creates trust. You don't give feedback, you don't create trust. Um, so you, they need feedback specific, number one. They need feedback specific to the work that they're doing. They need, number two, they need feedback on performance, whether it's good or it's bad. And they need feedback on behavior, whether it's good or it's bad. So it's got to be those three things, the work I'm doing and the way that I'm doing it or the behaviors, and then specifically, uh, specific work that they're doing, very specific, not just a general, um, hey, the work you're doing is great, really appreciate it, um, good job, you got that done on time what boss, what thing specifically are you giving me feedback? I do 30 things in a day. Which thing is it one that's aligned to my goals? Is it just some random thing that you're, you're throwing here? Be specific and then tell me good or bad. And if it's bad, how do I do better? If it's good, tell me how I did good so I can continue doing more. Mike, anything you would add to that? Yeah, I, I think that, uh, I think that that's it. Being very specific is, is so important. Um, but as I mentioned earlier, it's it's hard. Leaders I typically talk to uh, say, you know, express that it can be hard to give feedback. They don't know, uh, they don't know, you know, when when the right time to do it, or they they don't know the words to use. Mike, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, why is it that that leaders sometimes have yeah. a hard time giving feedback? Yeah, I. This is one of the things that whenever so years ago, and for many years, I've taught classes on feedback. Honestly, it's one of my favorite to do because I know it's one of people's biggest fears. Um, And some of the things that they say is uh, that leaders are afraid that the employee is going to get emotional. They're going to get angry. They're going to cry. There's another where they're concerned that the employees won't take the feedback well, or they're going to overreact to it. And then the third thing would be that leaders don't feel confident giving that feedback. They lack the right words. I've, so this is what leaders report. I find that there's some, some different reasons why they don't give feedback, which we're, we're going to get to that in a little bit. Uh, anything else that you would add about leaders having challenges giving feedback, Mike? I think that it can be hard, you know, with with organizations and with, especially with teams, I'm talking to you, small business owners. Um, it can sometimes be hard if you've built a, a culture within your, within your company, within your organization that is more informal or that's, that's, you know, that's, that's casual. And um, I think that it can be hard for people to a leader to suddenly shift gears uh, and go into a mode where they're now giving feedback because that sounds so formal. Um, and now be and, careful. Don't give away the hack. You're I won't give away tell that them hack. the hack. You got to save the candy <laughs> to the end. That's right. We'll save the goodies for the end. The hacks come at the end. But, but I think that that is why a lot of times leaders have a problem giving feedback. And this can happen, as I, as I mentioned, this can happen with small small businesses, but it can also happen with, with uh, large corporations too. Your work team may have a, a relaxed or a casual uh, culture 
And your work team, you as the leader, may may find that it's hard to just kind of shift gears and go into a different mode. And and we see the same dynamic. It's a very human dynamic where, you know, you you are used to interacting, say, with your group of friends in a certain way. And then to shift gears suddenly, sometimes it's difficult because they're not going to know where you're coming from or you're afraid they're not going to know where you're coming from. So I, th- I think that that's, that's one of the one of the reasons it's difficult. And then the other reason, Mike, that you said at the, at the get-go is you may be nervous about how that person might respond to feedback. And especially if it's feedback that is um, maybe not what they want to hear or may, may kind of challenge, challenge them in ways that they're not expecting. Sure. Um, and, and so I think that that's, that's one of the things that leaders don't want to sometimes go there. You know, they don't, they, they, it's, yeah. it's easier to stay comfortable and not give feedback versus maybe going to a place that's a little bit uncomfortable, but ultimately will be better for the team, better for you and your relationship with that employee and so forth. Yeah. Most leaders end up telling me that it's uncomfortable giving feedback. So we get it. Lots of things about being a leader is uncomfortable, but here's why this is a problem. First, when you don't give employees specific, honest, critical feedback on their work performance or their behavior, they're going to assume that they're doing great or <laughs> that you don't really care about the work they're doing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, secondly, they don't know if they're doing a good job or not. And the third thing is they're, they're going to become disengaged. If you have a consistent, on a consistent basis, you're not giving them feedback or you're not giving them meaningful, critical feedback related to their job, related to a task you ask them to do, related to how they're behaving, then they'll become disengaged from you, disengaged from the work, disengaged even potentially from the company, and then leave. Employees that don't get ongoing, meaningful feedback, that's one of the things that they leave a company for. You know, you've heard that old thing about Uh, Employees don't leave companies, employees leave leaders. Well, a leader, one of the reasons they would leave is leader doesn't give me feedback. And when they do give me feedback, they blast me for something that they never brought up before. I didn't know it was a problem. So if you're not giving me that ongoing feedback and just slash me once, and then I'm like almost fired, that's not a cool place. I don't want to work in in an environment like this. So we've got a couple of part of this podcast and everything we do is called training hacks because we're not just going to blather on for an hour about a topic and then not give you something meaningful out of it. So we've got a couple of hacks that you can use to hack your team. I'm going to give you a couple of leader hacks. Then Mike's going to give you something that you can use on a more peer-to-peer basis. Mike, are we ready to hack these folks? Let's hack it up. Hack it up. All right. So leaders, For many years, I've observed that when people have struggles with giving feedback, that it's it's usually tied to a bigger problem. That it's not just I don't like giving feedback. Underlying issue, there's reasons why you don't like giving feedback. And for some leaders, they weren't even aware of this. So I have a very simple little assessment for you to use. I've used it lots of times, introduced it to many organizations, and it's been pretty consistent. So here you go. If you have to give feedback and you're noticing that you're uncomfortable giving it or you haven't given it in a while, ask yourself these three questions and ask them in order. The order matters. First, feedback assessment. 
Have I been providing honest feedback on the person's performance or behaviors on a regular basis? That's the first one. The second one is an accountability assessment. Do they know how to keep me updated on the progress of their work goals? Have they been doing it? And have I been participating? So all of that is the accountability assessment. The third one is the clarity of work, goals, and tasks. Have I, have I given them clear goals, clear timelines, and metrics to measure the success of their work? So again, the three are feedback assessment, about giving them regular, consistent performance or behavioral feedback, accountability assessment, giving them a means of keeping you updated and you're holding them accountable for it. Three, clarity on work goals or tasks that they have clear goals, timelines, metrics to measure success. Now, if you answer no to that first question, the feedback assessment, no, I haven't been giving them feedback on a regular basis, there's a good chance that however it is that you're holding them accountable for their work, that there's something wrong there. Because if you're not giving them ongoing feedback, then you're probably also not holding them accountable for the work they're doing. Otherwise, if you were having those accountability conversations, you could give them feedback in that moment versus skipping it. So then I'd go to the next one. If you answered no to the second question, which is about holding them accountable and giving them a process for keeping you updated, if you answered no to that one, then it's also a chance you probably haven't clarified their work goals, tasks, or timelines. Because if you know the timelines, then you'd be giving them points at which to be held accountable for deliverables. But if they're not doing those checkpoints with you, it may be that they don't have a clear understanding of what the timeline even is or your clear expectations of the goal. So you use that, that assessment. You just go back through it in reverse, starting from feedback to accountability to work. So that's the first hack. Mike, anything you would add to that? No, I think you covered it, Mike. Nailed it. Good. All right, good. Boom. <laughs> Couldn't have said it better. So, the, so that's all assessment. So let's give you some action then. Action, three simple steps, and it's going to be the evaluation in reverse. The first one is clarify the work goals or tasks with the person you're talking about, whether it's an employee, a contractor, vendor, it doesn't matter. For every single person, no matter what you're asking them to do, you want to very clearly clarify the task. What is it? When do I need it? And what success look like? It's very simple. So that's the first one. You got to clarify the work and task. So if you let's say you you're com- you're uncomfortable giving feedback, and you're unsure about where in this you've kind of missed a step, hit the pause button and just say, hey, let's do it. Let's do an alignment conversation, and let's get clarity. I want to clarify the work that I've asked you to do, when, and all of that, and then get that clarity. There's nothing wrong with doing that. And the employee will probably feel like, because this is a positive conversation, that that was worth doing because it clears up any expectations they have. That's number one. Number two, set up a method for them to own their own accountability. You leaders, solopreneurs, small business people, you try to do everything yourself. Let the employee own their own accountability. When you tell them what's due, when, and what success looks like, you get out of their way and let them do it. That's what keeps a person in a company because they feel like I own my own success and I'm excited about that. So you set up a method for them to hold themselves accountable to provide you regular updates on their progress and measures of success. 
Um, this is this is extremely powerful to engage them. Mike, you look like you're biting at the chomping at the bit. Well, what what makes what's great about that, Mike, is that that kind of offloads a lot of the heavy lifting, and it 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 brings them into that that position of ownership where they they now they know they they know um, what the expectations are, they know what the goals are. And then you can, when it's time to provide that feedback, you both are objectively looking and comparing that person's performance or behavior uh, to this external set of goals and tasks that you, together with that employee, have generated. So it's not just simply, well, employee, this is my opinion of you. No, no. This is now together, we've come up with these goals and these, these tasks. You've signed on to them as an employee. Uh, and now we can objectively look and, and see how you're doing in comparison to those. So Absolutely. That, that specificity is really, really key here. Absolutely. I've heard so many employees say, I don't, I, not only am I not clear on what I'm supposed to do, but I, I don't know when I need to give reporting. I don't know if I'm in charge of that. It's very empowering for people to own their accountability for what they're doing. So that's the, so that's the second hack. So first is clarify the, the work goals and tasks with them. Second is set up a method for them to be accountable themselves. They give you the information of when they're going to do it, how they're going to do it, and what's going to happen. So you know, so you can hold them accountable for doing it, but let them be accountable for the execution of that. The third one is provide regular feedback after the accountability sessions. If you're already going to do the accountability session where they come to you and give you an update on, hey, Here's how I'm doing with X, Y, Z. It feels good to them. It builds trust for them. Then you give them feedback on how they're doing because they have to do that. All they've done is told you what, I'm, what I've done and on what timeline. You got to tell them, hey, you're great. You're ahead of schedule. You're behind schedule. How can I support what you're doing? Terrific. And the way you're doing it, you know, maybe you could do a little more of this, a little, more, a little less of that. That way your feedback is in context of what they've just presented to you or giving you an update on. This doesn't have to be a big formal process. This could be a hallway conversation, a quick phone call conversation to get done. So clarify the work goals, number one. Set up a, set up a method for them to be accountable, number two. And then three, give them feedback when they do it. That way you are giving ongoing consistent feedback. Mike, is there something you're going to add to that? Yeah, and, and kind of overarching this whole this whole idea of feedback is is the idea of of you know, of course, we're dealing with with people, with human beings, with with uh, you know, self, the concept of themselves, and and sometimes hearing feedback. I, I know in my case, there have been times when I've received feedback or I've gotten feedback, and it it seemed completely different from what I thought of the matter. <laughs> You know, and so we all have those blind spots. And so to receive feedback can sometimes be disarming or even painful. Um, and so as a leader, I think it's really important to be very mindful of that. Don't avoid, you know, giving feedback as we've talked about, but but be really mindful of of the idea that it's a human being with a, their own set of emotions, their own set of, you know, self-perception, uh, self-esteem. Um you may have heard something along the lines of a, a person is much more likely 
to they'll react much more strongly to a, a negative interaction with with a boss than they will with a positive interaction. And I think the number is like six times more uh, extreme will be their reaction when they've received a negative communication from a boss versus versus positive um, positive interaction. So keep that in mind and just and just uh, you want to make the whole experience. Of, of a feedback session, whether it's in a formal setting or informally, you want it to feel safe. And um, so I think that that's that you, you want to work hard to develop that level of trust and that level of, um, as the term, the popular term right now is psychological safety. You want to, you want to steep your whole approach to giving feedback in that uh, framework of psychological safety uh, so that that feedback session, that feedback that you provide ends up being going from what what could be a negative situation into a very positive situation and positive outcomes for you and your team team members. Go ahead, Mike. Terrific. Are you going to talk about the hats? We'll, we'll save no, that for another episode. No hats for today. All right. No hats for Every, today. Ev everyone is, they have no clue what they're missing out on by not getting the hats. <laughs> okay. So why, Mike, why don't you share with us the hack that team members would do with other team members. Yeah, and and listeners, we have set this up, and we'll be as we as we move forward uh, from one episode to the next. We really want to give you some good uh, nuggets, these hacks, uh, uh, at the end of every episode, and we'll start with some hacks that are very specific to leaders, uh, supervisors, managers, etc. But then also we want to have a hack or two for people who are not necessarily in leadership roles, just team members who'd like to become better in their, in their work life, who want to be better, better team players, and who would like to um, boost their opportunities to move forward in their careers. So here's a hack that's specifically for team members who aren't necessarily, necessarily in uh, leadership roles. So think about one one part of your job one thing that's that you do that you feel like you'd like to improve whether it's to become a better communicator whether it's to be a better you know better at writing reports whether it's better at whatever the case may be so the hack is to get into the habit of asking for feedback so so this week ask one try asking one person that you trust for feedback on how you're doing with whatever that uh, that aspect of the job that you'd like to improve. And it's important to do this with uh, an openness to what they may tell you, because the feedback may be, hey, you know, Mike, you're doing a great job. Or it may be, well, you know, from the way I see it, and they may say something that that may surprise you, or they may uh, illuminate an area that you thought you were doing great on, but from their perspective, maybe not so good. So, so you want to uh, do this and, and ask for feedback, but be open to what's going to come and be open to whatever type of feedback that they provide with you. And this, this will both help you improve as a person, as a team member, and it will also help to build your team's culture. And again, you don't have to be the leader to help build your team's culture. As a team member, just simply you modeling that behavior. And from time to time, don't go overboard with it, of course, but from time to time, asking, you know, a, a coworker or, or your manager, your supervisor to provide you with a little bit of feedback 
helps to build that culture of trust within your team. And that's, that's so important. And uh, uh, that's, that's my hack that, uh, and my challenge to you listeners um, to help yourself improve and to help your team become better and have a better, stronger work culture. Better, quicker, stronger, faster. Better, Thanks, quicker, Mike. stronger, it. faster. Yep. <laughs> so we, if we didn't say at the beginning, so most of you know what a hack is, but the idea that we're presenting a hack is that it's not, it's not training. It's not, a, it's not a, a one to two, three, four hour class and how to do something. It's something that you can walk away and do and take action on right now. Walk away and do it. There's no, there's no preparation to it. You, you, you can just go do it. So that's the hack part of this. And that's what we're going to stay focused on. All right. So to sum this up, why feedback? How does this affect your team? So teams that get regular, consistent feedback are more comfortable providing feedback to each other. And that keeps the, the team running efficiently and effectively. When things come up that go wrong, they deal with the small things before they become big things. That's when you want to do it, when something is small and fixable and adjustable, not when it's a behemoth that to share that feedback is going to crush somebody's soul. And, and Because you have to be able to give somebody feedback and enable them to keep doing their job not so that they don't want to go home because they're so upset. If that's the kind of feedback you're doing, then either they really are a horrible performer and they believe, or you as a leader, you own the fact that you should have been giving them feedback sooner so this didn't have to happen that way. I really do lay a lot of accountability on the leaders on this, uh, this process. The second thing is when you create an open, honest environment on your team or relationship with a vendor or with a contractor where feedback is shared back and forth, you increase accountability and engagement for your team or that partnership or that relationship. You also ultimately create trust. You cannot create a trust relationship if you're afraid to give feedback and they're afraid to receive it from you. Trust can exist where feedback does not exist. Feedback is one, one of the core pieces of trust. Lastly, ultimately, you're going to get a better work product, a better work atmosphere that people are going to want to come and work at. When you have employees that are so engaged in the work, you're giving great feedback, the goals are meaningful, they're held accountable, they're engaged, they will do the recruiting for you. They'll tell their friends, hey, you know, we don't have any openings but now, but man, when we do, you got to get on this team because we're doing some great stuff and it's a great place to work. They'll do the record, they'll do the recruiting for you. All right, so we're going to wrap this up. I um, want to give you a little tease that we're going to, uh, Mike and I, are, after we close this out, we're going to record a little uh, after-party conversation where we share some of our horrible feedback experiences or some of the best ones we've had. So we'll share a couple of stories, a little less structured than this. So if you're interested in that, look for that recording and uh, we will tune out now. So bye from me. Thanks everyone for joining us. We enjoyed talking to you and we hope that you gained a few insights and a few ideas from this conversation about feedback and stay with us and tune in next time for more conversations. And uh, hopefully we can provide you further down the line with all kinds of good, good ideas, tips, tricks, as we call them, team hacks to help your team and you get to the next level. Thanks for joining us. 